Hi, you're listening to Jinong to Jinong, a conversation where we don't always see eye to eye, but always forehead to forehead. This is Nisa. And I'm Vika. And today we're going to have a sister's chat about mental health. So we wrote this episode during Mental Health Awareness Month, and although this episode is not released during that month, the importance of talking about it remains, especially with everything that's going on in the world right now. Mental health is a vital aspect in all of our lives, and mental well-being is a really important pillar in our overall well-being. It is also an issue that's near and dear to our hearts. There are many aspects of mental health and one episode will not be enough to dive into every single aspect of mental health. But today we want to start with our personal mental health journey and focus on mental health hygiene and really what we do to maintain our mental health. So like I've mentioned in I think our very first episode, Fika, my dear sister, is a mental health queen. She's very much in tune with her mental well-being. And also I think that stems with in um, you being very in tune with your emotion and your feelings. And I want to say you are very disciplined also in maintaining your mental health routine or activities to look after your mental well-being. So when I say we will be sharing what we do to maintain our mental health. What I really meant is you will be sharing what you do to maintain your mental health well-being. Because I know I still have a long way to learn and I don't think I'm at the place yet where I can confidently say I know what I'm doing with my mental health. So this episode is actually more of me interviewing you. Hence the long intro by yours truly. So let's start with your struggles. So when did you start feeling that, hey, I'm struggling? And then what exactly were you feeling at that point of time? Uh, so first of all, I feel like mental health is a, is a really lifelong journey. So I wouldn't say I'm really disciplined um, with my mental health hygiene as well. Because like everything else and everyone else, unless I fall off the wagon as well. Um, but yeah, so how it started, I, like a lot of people, um, I feel like the issue's always been there for a long time. We just, we just brush it off for so many years. But I think the turning point for me was last year when I feel really unmotivated and I just feel overwhelmed and I can't go on anymore. Um, so I remember I was at work and so, okay. So last year for one full year, I was holding down a full-time job and I was also doing my part-time degree. So it was, it was just a lot to take on. Um, and because I have not been paying attention to how I was doing, um, eventually I felt like, um, I wasn't doing anything right I wasn't doing anything well um and as someone who constantly feel the pressure to do well it, it it really bothers me that I was not doing well in just one of these 11 things that I was trying to do um 
but I guess it, it it's gotten really bad to the point that in the morning when I wake up, perhaps I wasn't really ill, but um, my body felt like it, it couldn't go. Like everything hurts. My head hurts. My back hurts. My uh, I can't breathe at night. You know, that, that kind of thing. Um, like my, my body is finally catching up with my mental state. Like mm. it's physically telling me to slow down. Yeah. Um, yeah. And like the amount of breakdown that I have at work, in the train, on the bus, in my home at night, you know? So mm. it's, it's gone to a point where I'm like, okay, yeah, we have to do something about this. I think, was this, this was the year where I was doing my thesis, is that right? No, you did your thesis. No, this is well after you graduate. This is the year after you graduate. Oh, this is not, this is the first year I have a job too. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's right. Because I remember that year. I mean, we've been pretty close anyway. We've always been close since, you know, ever since we moved together again um, to our UT house. Um, but I like, I know, well, when I was doing my honors, I haven't, I, have, I don't really keep in touch with anybody. So, but I remember that year when I was doing, that was the first year that I ever have, like I have my full-time postgraduate job. And then I remember thinking, oh, you know, you haven't reached out to people. You haven't reached out to us as much as you you used to. And things like whenever I, you know, talk to you, I always get the feeling that she's going through something. But I think, um, you know, I was, I think as much as, you know, I was like, oh, how are you going and stuff like that. I wasn't quite asking the right question to to open you up. And also at the same time, my personality is that I hate when people price. So I, I'm always like, so I do the same thing too. Like I never, I never really try on, like try to pry on people's feeling. I always think that when she's ready, she'll come to me, which I think, you know, on hindsight, it's not always the best approach because when it comes to mental health, I think people always find it difficult to talk about it. So I think, yeah we could always cry a bit more to, to that point right i don't generally like telling people that i'm not doing great especially with when it comes to our family like when i go into like the group chat or whatever mm-hmm. sharing the news um it's almost always good news mm-hmm. not because my life is so perfect but i just don't like sharing the bad stuff you know yeah no that's um Thank you for sharing. So I remember if I can summarize what you were feeling, you were pretty much doing 20,000 things all at once. And being the Capricorn that you are, you almost, you know, growing up, you you always succeed in whatever you do and in those many things that you do. But I think at that point you were feeling, you felt quite overwhelmed. You felt like you were really staying afloat, right? And you felt, and at that point, because you were, you felt like you couldn't stay afloat and you felt like you're not accomplishing anything, you end up feeling unmotivated to continue doing all those 11 things. And the kind of the symptoms, well, not symptoms, but the impact of it that come out to other people was that you were being 
not quite yourself. You've been quite withdrawn, actually, if I have to say, because no matter, yeah. you know, but it was like, I don't want to go out anymore. Yeah, exactly. I think that was like the, the thing that makes me really like, oh, wow, she hasn't been out with her friends. Because, you know, one of us are quite introverted to a, to a certain extent, but I think you are a lot more extroverted than I am. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, you're, yeah, you are definitely a lot more extroverted than I am. Um, so when I, I remember, you know, thinking, oh man, she hasn't been out with her friends. So I was thinking, why is she so withdrawn now? Something must be going on. And then that's when you told me, um, that you started seeing a therapist. I think something else was going on as well at the time. We can't talk about it in my future episode, but I remember, um, at the same time you told me, you know, you were seeing a therapist and I was very happy for you. Remember thinking about it because, you know, uh, one of the things I admire about you is that you have taken the step to get professional help because, you know, granted that not everyone can afford it, but also even for people who can't afford it, they just, it's hard. It's, it's, it's hard to take that step to, yes, I need a professional help. Yeah. So when did you start going to therapy and what exactly were you thinking or feeling that makes you, you know, that makes you come to the conclusion that yes, I need to see someone. So, um, the short version is that I was doing so badly at everything. And then, um, I don't like to throw around this word, this word like easily, but I was a bit suicidal, not actively trying to kill myself, but it's more of a, mm. you know, like crossing the street or looking mm. at the right and like, holding the knife the wrong way and I'm like eh see what happens but uh, mm. going back to, it's to your point like I was growing up I've always tried different things and always been good at like things that I've tried and then mm. suddenly I wasn't good at the things that I'm doing that I'm already doing um, just didn't click mm. that those things have changed too you know like the things that I've tried uh, are also changing right mm. like I'm not just trying to be good at math and biology. I'm trying to be good at working a corporate job mm. and getting my bachelor's degree. Mm. Uh, it it took some understanding yourself and facilitated by a professional, you know, to to help me understand that. And yes, like he said, um, not a lot of people, at least that I know have such an easy access to some, to say professional mm-hmm. help. Um, what happened was my company, the, the company that I work for, not my company, the moment, um, <laughs> has what they call as employee assistance program, mm-hmm. um, which as the name suggests, aims to provide assistance to their employees um, for a list of issues they might be facing. One of it is obviously relating to their mental health so I called the hotline and they connected me with a a counselor um and I remember the first thing that she said to me I was like okay let's do this we'll talk uh, about you and I'll let you know how um I usually do things with my patient or client I, I can't remember what the word she was um and she said we'll see if we're the right fit for each other because it's so important mm-hmm. um, that your help is the right help for you. Wow. Um, and, and, and like you said, some people do have access to it. Like 
obviously everybody who works in the same company that I'm working for all have the same access to this help. Um, but it takes a certain level of uh, acknowledgement that oh something is going on and I really didn't need help. And mm. honestly, it's like knock on your pride, right? Like I don't know. A lot of people feel like asking for help is a sign of weakness. It's not, but the truth is, oh, to a lot of people, that's what it is, mm. and that's why they don't seek help. And I think it's really sad. And I just want to put it out there that it's okay if you don't feel good about where you are in life. If you have access to that help, please take it because mm. it, it it could be really helpful. Yeah. So yeah, my therapist is really kind. Um, and at the end of the first session, she she told me like, okay, I think I could work with you. We can do something. Um, are you comfortable with continuing this with me? Because if you are not, we can find someone else who might be a better fit for you. Yeah. Um, that was my first time in therapy, yeah. in psychotherapy. And I felt, oh, I didn't know how this was supposed to go. Um, and I felt like a large part of me go on with her because I just don't want to tell the same story into another stranger. Yeah. Well, Sorry, can I just ask the question with your employee assistant program or EAP as we call it here? So was that EAP in person or was that over the phone? Because like for example, with the two companies I've well, the company I used to work for and the current company I'm working for right now, the EAP program are all um over the phone. For the company I work for right now, maybe it used to be in person. I, I don't actually know because obviously I started like I started work in January and then COVID happened. So everything is now online. So was your therapy um, in person or was it also an over the phone EAP program as what I have access to? So the counseling is person to person. Right. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. But the, the, the first contact with it. So there's an EAP hotline, which is like over the phone. Mm-hmm. And then they will ask you what's going on. Um, so that they can see what help they can give you. And I remember like I was so out of it, like I couldn't even explain what was going on with me, like what, what felt wrong. Mm-hmm. So the lady who is obviously, you know, like just a poor lady who have to handle the phone. I was like, okay, so what, what can we do for you? And I just went, I, I, just, I, just, need to, I just need to go to therapy. That's all I could say. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And it, it worked out really well for me, which is great because, you know, in Singapore, I've heard so many stories about people. Um, the only help that they could get into was, say, school counselor or um, people who are not trained to handle the kind of situation that they are facing. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think I kind of wonder I had this conversation with you or someone else, but... Yeah, absolutely, absolutely right. School counselor was not trained to deal with this stuff. They weren't trained to do, you know, to deal with a lot of mental health um, challenges that or struggles that kids face. Um, they well, I can go into a whole different conversation about the whole why school counselor was even established in the first place and we're not going to go there today but yes no they weren't equipped for that they weren't my understanding is at least they weren't really equipped for that um yeah henceforth the need to i think you know to go to therapists who are equipped to 
help you with other part of other aspects of your life. And my understanding is um, not sure about in Australia or in Singapore, but I know in the US, um, different therapists can help you in different things. Like some therapists specialize in unpacking your childhood. Some therapists specialize in unpacking things like, okay, this is what happening today. And then, you know, what's, what, what should we do going forward kind of thing. But yeah, no, I'm really proud of you for going to therapy. So how often do you see your therapist? Um, and if you still see her or him, did you say it's a her? Okay. So yeah, when, how often do you see her before and how do you, how often do you see her now? So I've stopped seeing her for about a year actually. So the thing that I've learned the most about it is that um, the goal is for you to be able to carry on with yourself enough so that you don't have to see mm. your therapist all the time, yeah. you know, because it's a sign of improvement. Your therapist would want you to stop seeing her at some point. Mm. Um, so at first I see her once a week for an hour. And I, so my first session with her was really bad in that I cried so, so much. And, and I left feeling like, okay, this might be a good thing, but I feel like I haven't told her enough and our time is up. And this is going to be what it's like um, for the next, I think it was five sessions. Yeah, the first time that they booked me for her uh, was for five sessions. It's like, it's going to be what it's like for five sessions, just me talking and not finishing my story because there's only so much time they can allocate to me. Uh, so after the fifth session, uh, it got better, I would say. Um, and she said, okay, let's appeal for you to get more, um, to put it crudely, free sessions because I wasn't paying it, right? Like the EAB paid for mm. it. Um, let's appeal to receive more sessions. Um, but perhaps we could start seeing each other once every two weeks instead because I feel like you can do better now. So I saw her a total of eight times within, I think, about six months or so. Mm. No, no, not even six months. Like three months. Yeah. That's really good. And from the times you've taken, you know, you've met her, um, what kind of tools or practices that you've learned from your session that you carry with you in your, you know, your lifelong mental health journey? Like, say, when you are feeling a certain way, what do you do to kind of unpack it and deal with it that you've learned from your therapy? Um, the first thing that my therapist told me was that um, you have so much going on in your life and you're overwhelmed. And what happens is that you keep things in this jar and you push it down and you push it down and you push it down. And then one day this jar is full mm -hmm. and when you try to close it, it blows up. Mm -hmm. So the last thing that you put in the jar it's probably not the heaviest or the biggest thing, but it's the one thing. It's all it took uh, mm. for it to blow up. Um, oh, wow, that's really so, powerful. Yeah, so she said you should stop bottling things up. Mm. If you don't like talking to people, write it down. Mm. Um, I like and, that. And, um, you know, when you start feeling a certain way, uh, you have to be able to identify that you're not in the right place anymore so she asked me okay when start when when you start noticing you know how unhappy you are 
what changed. And I told myself a bunch of stuff like, oh, I didn't want to go with my friends. I started gaining weight because I wasn't taking care of myself. Yeah. No matter how hard I tried to, and then it's kind of just like, and eh, whatever, mm-hmm. you know? Um, uh, crying a lot more, but like not knowing why mm-hmm. kind of thing. So she, okay, I must say that the first couple of sessions with her was just really annoying for me because I feel like I walk into therapy kind of expecting her to just tell me the answer. Mm. You know, just what's wrong with me? What do I do now? Um, take me a medicine, Xanax. I was half hoping her and prescribing me a Xanax or something mm. like that. She never did that. I was not in any kind of medication. Mm. Um, except for a very, very mild sleeping pill because uh, it was really difficult for me to fall asleep at one point. Uh, but other than that, she gave me nothing. Mm. And even the sleeping pill was not from her, it was from my gym. Mm. Um, what she did was um, she created a, like a schedule for me. Mm-hmm. Like, what time do I have to wake up? What time do I have to go to bed? Um, what do I eat for breakfast? What do I eat for dinner? What do I eat for lunch? How many times do I have to work out? What kind of workout? Mm. Um, and she, ad- uh, she asked me to download this meditation app. And she asked me to meditate every day mm. at least x amount of day and in the morning maybe instead of getting ready in the morning while playing some Netflix in the background we would try one of these uh, meditation thingy mm. um, as the background noise um, see if it helps feel better and for two weeks I did that and every week she goes through this checklist like how many Oh, she also told me, this is really important for you, by the way. She also told me not to work overtime. Oh, my God. That's not good today. <laughs> she said, what time do you have to go to work? I said, nine. What time do you end work? I said, formally six. But often, I don't end work. Hold on. You formally finish work at six? Yeah. So my working hours are nine to six. Oh, what? So you so technically have nine hours. working hours. Yeah, you minus off one hour for lunch. So that's eight. No, nine to five. No, nine to five is nine hours of work, and then no, nine to six is nine hours. I mean, nine to five is nine hours, excluding, and then because you minus out that one hour off. Wait, am I doing? Oh yeah, but I mean, like I have to be at work at nine, and I can leave at six, you know, so it's nine to six, um... and then at twelve o'clock to one o'clock, I go for lunch, yeah, right? Yeah, okay. So she's okay. So you cannot work past six o'clock, and I'm like, but work. Yeah. I just like okay. 6.30. 6.30 is the latest. You can be at work. After 6.30, you have to leave. And I'm like, how do I explain this to people at work? Uh, but yeah, so mm-hmm. what she was trying to do for me was setting up boundaries. Oh my gosh, that's that's exactly what I had in mind. <laughs> that's like, um... Yeah, so your work... See, a lot of the stress that I felt like I was having was from work, or at least I felt it the most when I was mm-hmm. at work. Probably because that's where I was falling off the most, mm. you know? So that's why it's stressful. Which is funny that you say that because I remember you were doing so well at work. Like you got like an award or something. Yeah. Yeah. In the beginning, I was doing really, really well. And like, yeah, I just, I just fell off the wagon, you know? So I think she felt like because it gave me the most pressure. So then I have to separate myself from mm. it. 
at a certain hour, after a certain day, no work on weekends. Yeah, this was during like a really busy period. I felt really bad to my teammates. So, so credit to them because they understood what I was going through. Mm-hmm. And they, they put in the work so that I can get better. And again, not a lot of people are going to be as lucky as I, I have been. Mm-hmm. Um, not all of your coworkers are going to be as understanding. Mm-hmm. But mine was really, really supportive. Mm-hmm. Mine were really, really supportive. Uh, but yeah. So my therapist was saying that having a routine really helps mm-hmm. you. This is why we do this. This is why we set a bedtime. So we set a, what time we have to wake mm-hmm. This is why we tell you when you need to stop working. Mm-hmm. This is why I discuss with you what to eat for breakfast. Because when you put good things in your body, you feel better about your body. About yourself, mm. and you exercise. You know your exercise. You know you put in work for yourself. Mm. You're gonna feel good about it. And I hate it when she said it, but I also know it was true. Mm. So, so in Singapore recently, there's a there's a campaign right by the I think members of parliament for the push up challenge as a part of Mental Health Awareness Month, which I don't really. It is ridiculous. However, on a back end. Um, doing certain things, physical things, can help you. Mm. It is not going to be the only thing yep. that you need to do to get better, but it might help. So the, the two things have to come. Yeah, no, I agree. I think it's important. People always, I know I used to like, oh, you know, if you just work out, you know, you'll get serotonin or whatever it is chemical that makes you happy. And, you know, at some point it was, but it gets to the point where when I wasn't working out, I get into panic attack because I'm like, oh my gosh, like my anxiety have anxiety. You know that that being my anxiety have anxiety. That was literally me because I was just like, oh my gosh, I did not have time to work out today. I will not have enough level of, like I will not have the chemicals to make me happy. And now I'm going to have panic attack. Now I'm panicking because I'm going to, you know what I mean? So I think, yeah, it's really, it was, yeah. there has to be a balance. You're right. It's um, definitely things come hand to hand. You can't, it, it's not just one thing that yeah. makes you happy. And I think um, I say this to you before, <laughs> I, and I've even shared the resources. The biggest, the biggest, 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 biggest takeaway is that you have to be kind to yourself. Why, you, why your anxiety have anxiety is because you don't give yourself a break, mm-hmm. right? Like, oh my God, I'm missing like one session of workout that I should be doing. Oh, now I'm not going to feel good about myself because I missed it. You yeah. know, it's, it's, it's that, it's that thought process that is going to really hinder you from getting better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you have to be kind to yourself. No, that that's really good. And I suppose the last question for this session, section of the podcast at least is, really the what now so with everything you've learned from your therapy and you know not just from your therapy but your lifelong journey of you being really disciplined but also being really kind to yourself how do you now maintain a good mental health what are your self-care rituals or routines we talked about routines um earlier on so what are your self-care routines or habits that you do or at least you try to do to maintain a good mental well-being or even when you have a bad day what do you do i started journaling 
I used to do it as a kid, but then I think I mean we grew up together, right? You know what happens to your <laughs> Yeah. Me this <laughs> what happens to your girl. <laughs> yeah, I think it's not just you. I think it's also like mom. Mom. I don't know dad, but mom. <laughs> I think dad will water. Um and like we talk about this in therapy as well. Like I told my therapist that I I've stopped writing because of that mm-hmm. reason. And she was like, Okay, you have to understand that your mom did it for like she meant well. Mm-hmm. You know, she want to know how, how you're doing, but I understand why uh, they may you know want to write. Mm. Uh, but not that I don't think my mom. Yeah. Uh, and my brother does not care about about my journals. I've started journaling, and you know, I've always been a bit of a writer. Yeah. Right. That's how I've always processed things. So because I started doing that again, uh, whenever I feel I'm in a bit of a funk, I write. Mm. Like the other day, I got up at like one in the morning just to write because oh it's there like I have to I have to do it right mm-hmm. now I have to process it right now even though um talking about routines mm-hmm. I shouldn't be awake that late mm-hmm. <laughs> anymore mm-hmm. uh, but yeah journal has really helped uh to to understand what's going on even when I can't find the right words for how I'm feeling when the pen touches the the paper it kind of just flows mm-hmm. and it sometimes it's really just word vomit but at least it's something that you can read and try to understand as opposed to just things in your head you know mm-hmm. so that's one um number two talking to people about what i'm going mm-hmm. through like talking to you talking to my friends um when, when something's not right uh Obviously not to the point that you impose them because again boundaries mm. important. Like if they want, if you want them to respect your boundaries, their mm. boundaries, right? Um, and I've also liked to uh, clean now because when I see things in order, it helps me to calm down. Mm. Like it soothes me. Uh, the reason though. Um, Jen said this was like, oh, I don't think you're messy. I'm trying like a bit OCD. But I'm like, hmm, I'm a bit messy. And my therapist once asked me if I'm OCD. Mm. And I told her, like, I don't think so. But now in hindsight, I feel like I am. The reason why I'm so messy at times is because the cleaning will never end. Mm. So now, the way to treat that is to drop everything and start cleaning mm-hmm. um, because that is healthcare too healthcare isn't always just you know going to the spa and having me time even though sometimes mm-hmm. it is but sometimes healthcare can be very dirty sometimes it's scrubbing your toilet and getting dish racks so it doesn't spill everywhere um, sometimes it's vacuuming every inch of your house you know, uh, but also sometimes it's getting McDonald's mm. and eating all the sushi in the world and putting a face mask. Um, just making time to do things that felt that feels good mm. for you is is also how I've been coping with everything that's going on. Yeah. No, that's really that's really really sweet. Thank you for sharing with us. And um, I think I have learned a lot from you. And I'm sure our listeners will also learn a lot from you. 
from your sharing of your personal journey. So this year has been a madness that I personally constantly struggle to embrace. Large chunks of the year felt empty and cold and it honestly pulled me back into the funk that I have worked so hard to get out of. It really sucked. So I'm sure you have faced a similar mm-hmm. struggle because everyone in this world right now is in 2020. Yeah, I... So, I was telling you before that I personally is quite prone to having winter blues, but I remember coming spring as the weather get warmer, I was still feeling quite blue. <laughs> um, and then I was like thinking, oh, you know, it's just because the weather is still a bit warm, it's still a bit cold. But I remember catching up with a friend, and then we we're talking about something. I think he must be. I think you were throwing out an old mattress of mine or something, and then I was just telling him that yeah, I mean feeling a bit blue like for no reason and he said the same thing he was like yeah i've been feeling fat too and then we're thinking you know what could it be can't be winter blues because it's no longer winter it was spring i was already having hay fever by then and then Mm -hmm. um and i was thinking it couldn't be work because at that point you know it wasn't my busy season yet but you know on hindsight i'm thinking Cause I'm, you know, I, unlike you, I'm not very intimate with my emotion and feelings. So it takes me a long time to process how I feel. And on hindsight, now I'm thinking maybe I wasn't very happy with the project I was on. So I wasn't very happy with that. And, but that was just a really small part. I think on another part was, yeah, it was just like you said, being, it really hit me. I think at that point that, you know, the border is not going to be open for the unforeseeable future and for the first time in like what felt like forever i will not see my family at the end of the year because it's always been a tradition that i see my family at the end of the year at least since i graduated really um so yeah i think i was just quite upset about that um although you know in canberra Living in Canberra in like 2020, at least now in October 2020, it doesn't feel like I'm living in the same world as the rest of the world, to be honest. This is probably how people feel maybe in New Zealand because, well, at least I feel like like I'm looking at my friends who are in Victoria and all the restriction has been eased in Victoria, I believe, especially in Melbourne, like metro area of Melbourne. Um they're still pretty much in like lockdown mode. And I am like, I just came back from a friend's house because I was catting her cat because she was visiting her mom in Sydney and she went there with her partner and her dog and they were going to go to the Newcastle to visit her partner's parents. So, you know, it feels like we're not, like we're, it feels like we're living in an alternate universe. That's what I've been telling you and everyone else. Yeah. You know, we look at, we talk, well, I'll talk to you, like I catch up with you. I think it's pretty good for you all now. Um, you know, you can like you can go to your pole class now, you catch up with your friends now, but things like you still have to wear masks wherever you go. Whereas here we haven't 
I haven't had tour masks ever. And I already made, I have, I didn't make it. My friends made it for me, like some reusable masks that I was ready to use, but I didn't get a chance to use. Um, oops, that was really loud. Sorry. Um, but yeah, it's, yeah, I've been feeling really blue, like you said. Um, like yourself being in lockdown, feeling blues for no reason. Also feeling a bit of a hopelessness, I think. Yeah, I sure. tend to feel this way when like a lot of, you know, whenever it hit me that bigger things are happening and I couldn't change things like when George Floyd was killed, um, the feeling of hopelessness that came to me was just a wave of like, you know, wow, there's nothing I can do, you know, to change this. Or, you know, when I'm thinking about the education system or the justice system, and then you just think, wow, this is 2020, but this is happening. Um, and then when, you know, you look at how our parents are living or, you know, our family in Indonesia, yeah. And then, you know, hearing all the things that's going on in the news in Indonesia, I'm just like, wow, this is really what you want to talk about, huh? We're in the middle of a pandemic and this is what you've been doing. Like, you know, and you feel like you literally can't do anything because you are across the ocean. Um, yeah. Yeah. So that's what I've been feeling. Is that what you've been feeling as well? Yeah, I think the theme for this year been a lot of helplessness mm. for me, not being able to do anything about everything that's going on, um, not being able to go back home with your family, not being able to quote-unquote fix society. Yeah. I said, because it's so... It's so annoying to me that we're in the middle of a life threatening situation mm. that is that does not care about our political alignment or uh, where we are in our society but yet we still find mm. to fuck things up I know I I'm just I think I when I was writing this I realized I wasn't writing helplessness I was writing hopelessness because I think at this point I wasn't just feeling helpless. I was, I think, at, not, you know, to be a downer, but I was feeling quite hopeless because I'm just like, like I told you this, I was, because I'm a bit of a nerd, when when pandemic first hit, I was like, holy shit, like, yes, it's scary, but also, wow, a pandemic in my lifetime, when will I ever get to see this again? Never. I was like, wow, this is historical shit. This is the thing that wiped humanity. This is the things I've been reading about in, you know, and listening to during history class or history videos. And I'm like, well, I'm in my lifetime. There is a worldwide pandemic that lasts more than six months, three months, you know. And then me being in the introvert that I am, I was like, thriving at first during lockdown because I'm like, yes, I don't have to see people. I'm, this is amazing. And because it was also during my busy season, I was like, yes, I can just work without having to go, without having to commute. Like I have reason to just stay at home. But now I'm like, I'm over it. Like people keep dying, like doctors and nurses and healthcare providers 
literally their lives at stake. And then also the whole racism around um, coronavirus and like people have been like, oh, my life plan is literally everyone in the world was like, oh, everything is ruined because of a bad eating Chinese. If I'm just like, excuse you, we're in a situation because your government, your leader, our government, our leaders have no control over the healthcare system. They brought up, put money into military, then preparing our society for pandemic because, you know, we've had such pandemic before, like SARS happened before, swine flu happened before, like this, like coronavirus this year is novel. That's why it's called novel coronavirus. But like, <laughs> like it's the biggest, but it's also not. The yeah, that's not my. That's my point. That the world yeah. has ever seen in the last. Yeah, exactly. I thought we've only been alive for twenty something years, and we've already seen SARS, bird flu, whatever, and swine flu. That's already yeah, and you know, um, um, yeah, I'm just um, to be quite honest, I'm, and we also had like the Middle Eastern um respiratory syndrome. Um, um, so what I'm trying to say is this is not necessarily new we could have prepared for this and you know I'm pretty sure we have been warned of something like this happening but like I said we haven't ha- put enough fun into the healthcare system that's why we're so unequipped or at least this is my opinion we're so unequipped to handle it and on top of it there are still these people who think coronavirus is a hoax it's Yada, yada, yada. I'm just like, mate, people are dying. Okay, to that point, I said this very early on. Like, let's say this virus is created by a, a group of people to achieve a certain goal. Okay, let's say that is true. Okay, you can be mad about it, but be, be, be mad about it later. We're done. That's We're exactly out. my point. That's I'm like... This control, you know, they always this the-, the conspiracy theory, and I'm like, and I love conspiracy theory, and <laughs> I don't know how you sleep. I don't. Um, but <laughs> you know, like exactly like you say, yes, someone made this sort of fuck what people are still dying. Let's still find a fact to it. Let's ap- acknowledge that this is happening, and you know, make mass compulsory. Make I I don't know. I just miss people don't know sometimes when you're in a certain power, when you are in a certain position, like if you are in the news industry, what you do affect people's lives because misinformation is so dangerous. Anyway, we're going off tangent because we're feeling obviously very frustrated with the situation. Yeah, so again, this is what mental struggles look like yeah. to us, right? Um, feeling helpless and hopeless and anger, so angry at... All these leaders were just so incredible. yeah, and the constant change like, in life. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. So as people who live with anxiety, I don't think we take. Uh, we don't deal with changes very well. It sucks even more. You're a mm. planner. When things are uncertain. Yeah, actually, it's funny you said that because I was catching up with uh my director. Um, I think early this week on, and also maybe late last week because he just came back from leave. Um, coincidentally, my team is going through quite a bit of change as well. Not a bad change, um, like is like necessarily, um, but a change nonetheless. And I remember 
talking to some people and they're like, oh my gosh, we're going to be so fucked for the next, the upcoming busy season. Um, and then I was like, yeah, we, we could probably, I mean, it's busy season, so perhaps yes, but I remember thinking right away and saying it right away. I was like, well, I'm just going to take it day by day. Because, and I've been saying it to my director as well. I'm just taking it day by day. Like, whatever's going to happen, it's going to happen anyway. So I'm just taking it day by day. Because I think if 20, one thing 2020 has taught me is that, you know, people would say change is the only constant in life, blah, blah, blah. But like during 2020, honey, change is happening every second of the day. Like, it's really, it's, it's, total, it's <laughs> really the only constant. It just keeps changing. And, so now I'm just, I'm just thinking day by day, but today's today, tomorrow's tomorrow. Like whatever's going to happen tomorrow is going to happen tomorrow, but I'm just thinking day by day. Like I'll just do what the best I can. And in terms of what, <coughs> excuse me, I'm doing to kind of tame that feeling of anxiety is, um, I'm trying to, um, kind of track what I do. People in the bullet journal community call it habit habit tracker. Basically, I just like track what I do during the week that <coughs> potentially makes me unhappy or like makes my mental health a bit, you know, going down. Things like being out in the sun. One of the reasons why people get winter blues is because you don't get enough vitamin D. Not in the innuendo kind of vitamin D, but like actual vitamin D from the sun. Um, so I've been tracking me being out in the sun and in October I've been out in the sun every day because I just like pop into the balcony it's like that's so cool that I can be out in the sun or yeah sure we haven't really you know got much sun in Singapore oh that's true because it's like monsoon it feels like it's been raining all well it it was actually it was raining on the way home when I was walking from my friend's house um because it's spring so it rains a little bit but um on like good days when the weather's really good like the weather was really good like I told you I went for both um oh yeah that's so nice that's all right um so yeah things like I keep that in track and like working out I think we, we probably will talk about our work like fitness not journey i don't say fitness journey because for you it's a fitness journey i'm still not figuring out the journey yet but the importance of working out so i've been tracking that and i think i found well i really like doing reformer pilates so that's mainly what i've been doing twice a week so that's what i've been tracking I've also, I always have my skincare tracker kind of thing because when my skin are dehydrated and dry, I tend to get more anxious. I don't know why, but I just do. Um, so I've been tracking that. So basically I'm trying to track things that makes me feel good. Yeah. And then hours of sleep because as established, um, I haven't been sleeping. I don't, I, in general, yeah in general i really ever sleep well and also things like you said you know making sure everything is clean i'm tracking how often i i need to clean well i have to clean the house every week so things like do i clean the house every week do i vacuum my room every week do i change my bed sheets i don't know what i want to change my bed sheets every week because it's a hard work to wash my bed sheet every week but that's the thing i want to and i also feel like Oh, because Bilal and I sent our 
bed sheets. So yeah. For the main reason that is, we don't have space to, to dry. Well, it's kind of also the reason why I don't, I can't really, well, I don't really change my bed sheets every week. Yeah. Also for a while, I, as, I, as I said, we don't get like sun, right? So we need a dryer. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. My dryer is not. The laundry. This dryer sucks, honestly. Like in this house I'm living at the moment, I can't like dry a huge load of clothes. Thanks. Like, yeah, so it, like, stops anyway. Also, I want to journal every week, like, as, like, a weekly reflection. Haven't got around to do it, but the intention was there. So that's what I do. What about you? What do you do to keep yourself check during 2020? Definitely journaling. Like, I I, I do try to do what you say, which is, like, a weekly check-in. Um, but haven't really happened yet because I'm more of a erratic <laughs> I want to say journalist but but journalist has a different meaning so I'm just gonna say like a journaling person like you know I I journal whenever I feel like I should but then um, I said this to my friend I journal better when I'm sad so then I'm scared that sadness becomes an addiction oh, I understand what you mean um, and a good point but I wouldn't worry too much I think it's funny because I've not, a, I'm not a good writer, not as good as you. You have a way with word. Uh, I've always said this to you since you're real. Um, but I do understand the, like, I do understand the, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Kind of the feeling you get when you vomit your feelings to writing. Yeah. And I remember when I was going through one of, I would say one of the lowest points of my life. I wrote something in my journal and I forgot about it. And I found a journal because I brought it back to, because I brought it to Australia. I saw that journal. I was looking through what I've written there and I saw just me being the emo kid that I am. I actually didn't write my feelings in the pages. Like, you know, how you, you, you write journal, like, okay, you've written in the first page and then you write in the second page and the third page, blah, blah. Because I didn't want people to accidentally see it. I actually picked a random page and I just wrote it there. So I was, yeah, that's why I completely forgot about it. Um, and I stumbled upon those page and I remember reading about it. And I'm just like, wow, I was such, I was, I was so sad. I was like, I was so sad. <laughs> um, and I'm thinking, and I was like really grateful that I'm in a different place today. Yeah. So I think one way to do it is to, why I think I need to do the yeah. weekly journaling is that so that I journal when I'm Yeah, no, that's really good, actually. And I think that's why also you're such a good writer. Because I think when I was in primary, I don't know what I remember this, when I was in primary four or five, uh, my form teacher was this teacher. She's He's really good with languages. Like, he's, he's, he's a writer now. Like, he's an author now. Um, he makes us do daily journal. And I hated it because I'm such a science person, right? And I'm like, I don't care about math. I don't care about science. Like, I, don't, I mean, I don't care about words i don't like and i didn't know how to write so my daily journal used to be just like this is how i feel this is what i do today like two sentences and i remember at the end of the year my writing got so good that's i from my writing probably peak at grade five i want to say it's and it picks for a bit when i was doing like gender study and islamic study which is like one semester each because i have to write so much for those um i think gender study was probably when i picked because my writing for the gender study was was really good um so grade five and when i did that course this when my, my writing really peaked because yeah but you have always been good and the feeling of you know just 
vomiting your feelings. I think it's also because because I'm an emotional mm-hmm. writer and I'm an emotional person. So those two go hand Yeah, no, well. you really are. I need to uh, come back to so, you with your moon signs. So, Check. What's your moon sign? <laughs> it's, so it's, it's a great way to cope with having so much feelings mm-hmm. going on, you know, as, a, as an emotional writer. And I also... Yes. Uh, my my trainer also meditates, so we often talk about how much meditation has helped us uh, going through such uncertainties. Uh, I work out yeah so i think much. that's really actually this is the thing that i really want to like kind of emphasize really um that i yeah meditation because i you know this you we went we did yoga together when i was in singapore i what i i wasn't quite struggling with the poses wasn't really struggling with the so much like the muscles work it was the mindfulness that i was struggling and i told you this it was whenever the instructor will be like you know just close your eyes for a minute and like empty your mind that was my biggest struggle and then i remember telling you this a few times and yet you were telling me i think you need to learn to meditate and i'm like i literally cannot do that like i can't like um it's just so hard for me a lot of people around me meditate religiously and i just can't get into it i'm really trying to um to meditate because i know like you and like i think three other people who are like the closest in my life they meditate every day and that really helps um that has really helped them Uh, so that's what that's also the second thing that i really admire about you is your ability to meditate because it's not easy y'all especially you're not as you know your brain is not as hectic as mine but you your brain is still quite hectic <laughs> both of us that's just how we both are so i really admire that you can do that um so yeah so what else do you do so you work out heaps um you dance since um since you know restriction has been eating in singapore you've been going back to your dance classes which i'm really proud of Yes, I have. Um, I think the the theme of like all the things that help me cope with it is finding things to focus on, right? Like all the dancing and the breaking out, and even yes, you taking out breaking too. Um, yes, because it it helps me focus on one thing, uh, and so it really helps to you know calm the yeah. for a while. Uh, the other day, this is really recent, a couple of days ago, my friend was trying, because I have like back issue because I'm doing a bunch of things, right? Mm-hmm. Like your body is about to feel tired. So he was helping me crack my back, but he said, I'm going to have to lift you up. I'm like, no, no, don't lift me up. And he was like, wow, you're really light. Like, that's not what I'm worried about. I don't like not touching the ground. Oh my God, you too? I didn't know because I hate it when I'm being cared. I didn't know you. Yeah, I just like, which is weird because... And I do follow that. Yeah. You also don't touch the ground when you do uh, all your stunts. So he was like, I, did, I, did, I didn't know. I was like, yeah, I don't know why. But I don't like it. And the reason is why I think the concept of being mm-hmm. grounded, you know, like, I like knowing that things are real. Ah, oh, interesting. Because for me, it's because it's out of my control and I need to be in control of everything. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, yeah. That's that's the one thing. About yeah. Me. No, interesting. Yeah, so, I think that's why 
focusing on one thing at one time is really yeah well i for one is am really looking forward to having your baked goods one day once the borders open because you know i love me some good brownies Mental health struggles are not always easy to talk about, but we kind of have to. It comes in many different forms, and it looks different for different people. At least for the two of us, this is what it looks like. Anxious girls who struggle to decide on what the next steps should be, not having any motivation, and feeling endlessly hopeless. Fortunately, help was available to us, and we always have had each other to rely on. And I think one of the things that you say that really stuck with me is self-care is dirty work. It's not just all about skincare. It's not just all about putting on a face mask, having a bubble bath. It is also cleaning your house, doing your laundry, scrubbing the toilet. It is dragging yourself to do a workout, even when you don't want to to force yourself to eat healthy and cook for yourself to make sure that you're eating healthy. It is allowing yourself to feel sad when you need to feel sad, taking days off from answering your phone call or replying to messages. And I think it's really important that we highlight this. If you have made it this far, thank you so much for joining us on our sister's chat on mental health. Don't forget to always check in with yourself and seek help whenever you need to. If you would like to share with us your thoughts or you want to share any mental health tips that you have or just generally want to talk to us, you can drop us an email at jinongtojinong at gmail.com or you can also send us a DM on our Instagram at jinongtojinong. That's J-I-N-O-N-G-T-O-J-I-N-O-N-G. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at jinongtojinong. That is also at J-I-N-O-N-G-T-O-J-I-N-O-N-G and subscribe to our podcast so you'll never miss an episode. See you next time. Bye!